Hey, welcome to the Etch Pulsecast. who's content designer here at Etch, and Harriet Nicholson was with us once more. And we looked into how the hospitality industry is responding to the rising solo travel. Um, we also talked about some examples of companies that are focusing solely on catering to the solo travel experience. Enjoy! Corner resident strategist, um, fair to say she's the lead strategist here at Etch, and Amy Grinstead, content design lead. Hello. Hiya. Hello. How are you both? Very good, thanks. <laughs> All good. Happy Gearing days. Gearing up for getting down for Christmas. <laughs> Gearing up for getting down for Christmas. I really, I really enjoy that. That's like a some kind of 90s failed Christmas number one making. <laughs> Gearing there. up for getting down. Gearing up for getting down for Christmas. <laughs> Boys, one, two, three boys. Yeah, nice. Awesome. Anyway, <laughs> pleasure to have you both with me. Um, today's subject um, is solo travel. We're going to unpack it a little bit today and um, dig a little deeper and find out what kind of things are useful for businesses and hospitality and travel to know about, where this is all heading, and yeah, just a broad sort of unpacking and unpicking of what it all means. Um, so yeah, without further ado, I think I'll jump straight in mm-hmm. and um, just explain it a little bit. So uh, solo travel, as the name itself, it's pretty self-explanatory. It doesn't need much of a, an explanation as to what it is. Obviously, it's about people taking holidays on their own, wherever that might be. Um, but there's an increasing number of people um, that are getting more and more into this. Um, and an increasing amount of companies that are trying to cater to solo travel. Um, Just for those that don't know, Amy is our solo travel expert. She's probably got the most experience of being a solo travel uh, participant. I might just (laughs) hear for you guys to do user research on me today. No, the very same. (laughs) Test subject one. (laughs) So we'll do a little bit of digging into like your experience as well. I think that adds good context to the discussion today. Nice. so yeah, um, uh, it's extraordinary how fast it's growing and how big it is. Um, we know there's a growing need for people to unwind and like a no compromise approach to holiday experiences. Um, I guess the media influence and what we're seeing out and about at the moment um, and more and more people on TV and in the media and social media taking solo experiences and travel experience. Some kind of taboo might be breaking down at the moment around... Um, solo travellers being people that don't have anyone to go with or being alternately just very selfish people. Um, we're seeing something Thanks, sort of Tim. change. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying that's you. I'm saying that there might be like more of a societal change or an attitude change towards towards this altogether. Um, anyway, let me just get to my first question. I'm kind of going around the, around the houses a little bit. Um, but many, uh, many think that it's likely younger people 
maybe on gap year, maybe career focused and no time for partners, families and friends outside of work, etc. Uh, while true for many, it might um, also surprise you to know that this is not a movement exclusive to young people, with the most likely solo travel age bracket being 75. Uh, and with an age range reported for travel company Just You, who specialise in uh, solo travel, um, 19 to 90 is like the age range of people that are getting involved with solo travel. It makes sense there are multiple reasons and influences for this broad range, but let's talk about, or have a look at what is driving some of this, the reasons and whys. I think what's interesting is to explore from a motivations point of view and then potentially kind of segment by thinking about budget levels and time that Mm -hmm. one has to kind of go on these kinds Mm -hmm. of experiences. And I think what we're seeing from a motivations point of view, certainly at kind of an aggregate level, is this desire to kind of get away from it all, this Mm. desire to kind of disconnect from work and life. Um, We're starting to see kind of the emergence of this need for kind of self-discovery and reflection, and also a smaller level, but still kind of a significant desire to meet new people and explore new places. So I think we need to take those into consideration. And equally, the time length becomes a significant factor as Mm -hmm. well, because, you know someone who is say early doors in their working life might not be able to take as much kind of time off Mm -hmm. therefore they're looking for kind of the shorter Mm -hmm. breaks there may be kind of tighter budget restrictions Mm -hmm. there as opposed to when you're sort of further along in your career and you might have kind of greater flexibility in terms of time and budget so I think it's taking all of those different considerations together it's interesting to see that when you um, research it and try and find stats the stats largely are about age ranges um as you say, that's the easiest thing well, to, um, <laughs> to segment by. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, measurements need to change, and, me- and the way we measure success and the way we measure why people do things is, is continuously changing. Um, in the work that we do, you know, we take a lot of more uh, qualitative um, assurances as to how we approach something, which I think is really positive. And, and with this, when you're faced with, oh, well, the age ranges are really, really broad, mm. then you can't stereotype, you can't categorize. Mm. And it's like, actually, somebody in their 50s want to do like a solo travel thing um there's so many different ways that they could do solo travel it might be a city break it might be recuperation it might be like backpacking and stuff like that and actually those interests are are you know they they they, they span the age ranges so it's now looking about okay the specialist interest rather than the age range you're trying to cater to that and i think that's a really interesting area that hospitality brands could be considering Mm -hmm. the fact that solo travel allows for no compromise on the ability to kind of tailor your itinerary by interest and indulge really really specific Mm -hmm. niche interests and that becomes a more interesting area so you might be really interested in say wildlife photography well, that doesn't matter what age group you are. Yeah, you know, and if, if you've got a passion for that area, there is a holiday solution to be able to fit that. So, yeah, in my solo travel experience, um, I'm booked on a trip to India um, in a few months' time to go on a tiger Amazing. safari. Nice. But I'm fully expecting to be the youngest person there by... Are you? Quite, yeah, I would have thought so. Is that a mental model of that, do you think? Well, I don't know. It's 
kind of built from looking at the website. It wasn't a cheap trip by any means, um, but kind of looking at things like who the testimonials are from and things like that. Mm. And um, like you were saying about the time flexibility, it is just over two mm. weeks, so it's a long time to be away. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm fully expecting to get there and be the youngest by about maybe 20 or so oh, years. Be yeah, I don't know. To see what happens. And yeah. Fall back on that because when I think about it, because you're saying it, I would think that's quite a broad age range of mm. well, maybe you know. I don't know, maybe adults between 30 to like 70 or 80 or something. Yeah, know. yeah. It would be <laughs> nice to, we, yeah, yeah. to have some other younger people there. But I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm not quite sure what to expect maybe with that. Maybe research whilst you're there. Maybe I could. <laughs> but other other trips that I've done, because quite often I've, I've done kind of this, the city breaks and stuff like that. But yeah. in the summer I did, yeah. the weirdest one that I've kind of been on on my own was like the more kind of nice hotel, like a little bit sort of luxury thing. And I was the only person there, not in a couple. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, but it's kind of weird, like, to that, sing. Was that a package? Uh, no, no. Was it specified for solo? Or was that something you sort of carved out for yourself? Something that I found for myself, yeah. 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 So, yeah, normally mm. when I do something, it is, yeah, totally kind of independent and finding, Your like, my own flights and, and where I want to stay and stuff like that. Well, that's yeah. really interesting. Uh, a lot of them, they're missing a trick, then, aren't they? And targeting you. Find, I know. Like, you're that growing market that they need to be aware of. I'm that, that selfish person that they need to be looking out for. I'm not saying that it's selfish to go solo travel. I think it's all based It's an aspiration. Context. It would be wonderful. Yeah, I'd love it. Exactly. I'd be, uh, yeah, backpacking around Africa or something like that. So, um, oh, stats again, but um, 143% increase in solo travel searches have occurred in the past three years. Some of that's something that um, just you have reported who are like my flagship at the moment, like <laughs> go-to reference for a solo uh, travel company. Um, well, we've seen a lot of activity online, like I alluded to before on TV, that could be influencing the ideas around solo travel. They might be saying to people, you know, watching like Ben Fogel on his like tours where he goes and you know visits people doing nomadic lifestyles and stuff like that. Um, even Michael Portillo. <laughs> <laughs> and um, his train journey. <laughs> yeah, and, and I've heard like, you know, Jane McDonald and Joanna Lumley effect. All these things um, seem to be an influencing factor. Um, if travel companies want to tap into this market, what kinds of things at discovery level do we think they can do to attract more attention? I think there are two things in this, though. Mm-hmm. Because... Yes, there are. You're seeing kind of the rise of influencers on on TV, yeah. but also on social media, yeah. kind of really glorifying mm-hmm. um, a solo travel experience. In so much as you know, you don't you can see the kind of the flexibility, the autonomy, the opportunities for self discovery, and that's amazing. And there is a certain element of social norming that then happens through that as well. You know, if yeah. you yeah. look on Instagram, I think there are about five point three million. Um, hashtags, hashtag mentions with hashtag solo travel. So, you know, you don't feel like you're alone in that experience. But I would argue that these, this is gaining traction only because of a wider social shift. Mm -hmm. And actually, it's reflecting something else. So as a society, we are changing in our structure. So by I think it's about 2023, 29% of households will be single households. That's a huge social shift. You know, that was looking at about 14% in the 1960s. So that is a massive shift. And, you know, you look at other kind of cultural trends, like things like the explosion of, say, Singles Day in China and how that's kind of gained huge traction across 
um, across the world. And actually, I think what we're seeing is twofold. There's just a rise in appreciation that we're living in kind of more sort of solo lifestyle times and there's a bigger socio-cultural change there along with the fact that there's this kind of removal of stigma around that and the celebration Mm. of actually the flexibility and freedom that solo living gives you. Do you think there's maybe two things there? There's people that are actually living solo, uh, self-sustained sort of way anyway, self-sustained is the wrong word, but people that are actually, you know, they're living on their own. So making the leap to solo travel is not really, uh, it's not significant but on the other side of the fence, you've got people that do have like a family or whatever or something like that, or a partner. And so the travels, it's, it's a different barrier there, I suppose, right? Yeah. I, and mean, it, could it yeah. Broken, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think you see, you know, the, the, the kind of fact that there's a sociocultural shift towards solo living mm-hmm. to then kind of leap from solo living to solo travel isn't a massive leap no, no. to make. But yes, I think the, the interesting part. Are we seeing, what well, based on that, obviously, do you think we're seeing more people? That aren't already living solo. <laughs> yeah. Want a better phrase? Yeah. Going into solo travel. Well, that would be a natural extension, right? That you know the kind of increasing amount of um, kind of percentage of the population who are living solo, mm-hmm. then kind of extending into solo travel because solo living has a myriad of different lifestyle mm. considerations with it, and actually there's an increasing kind of cultural recognition that solo living's lovely. (laughs) Wouldn't we all love to live, like, you know, without our children screaming at us all the time? (laughs) You know, uh, but there's um, an increasing uh, appreciation for the freedom of of solo living, and then that's a natural translation Mm. into um, solo travel. I think where it's really fascinating is where you, we then sort of see this becoming kind of a bigger interest area for those in couples or mm-hmm. for, for yeah. parents and so well, forth. I think, I think maybe then, sorry, you were about to say something. Sorry. I'm just thinking maybe then um, it's probably a good idea because as you're saying, going back to the hashtag, solo travel hashtag, um, how many? How many uh, 5.3 million, roughly. Well, I mean, that's huge. It's huge. So, so actually find out the context and how that sort of social landscape is shifting, maybe looking at the conversations around these sorts of subject areas on, 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 on social media might be a good place to start unpacking and unpicking and going, okay, that person says this, this person says that, and there's a whole group and conversation around why, you know, it's no longer taboo or doesn't need to be seen in this way or that way. Or it still it's definitely really... feels like a, a totally different thing. Like, I'm, I am, mm. I'm the cliche that you're both talking about. I don't have <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, I've I live on my yeah. own with two cats, and like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the sad single girl in the conversation here. Yeah. Um, no, but going, <laughs> <laughs> going on on holiday or going away and doing something by yourself, it still does feel like it is that. I know it's a smaller step than if you have a family and everything, but it still feels like a big one because I always find that I do things that I wouldn't normally do at home. So at home, I don't ever just kind of go out and and eat out on my own Mm -hmm. or, you know, I'll go for a coffee or whatever, but like having a meal out on my own isn't something that I would do Mm -hmm. in Southampton. Whereas if I am in a different country or a different city or something like that, then I'm a lot more likely to. I don't know whether it's that kind of thing that you never look at your own home or your own Mm -hmm. place um, with the tourist eyes and you're like, you know, Mm -hmm. you're just kind of quite stuck in the everyday and your routine and stuff. But it always feels like it is kind of a, a bigger step into actually doing more than you normally would or mm-hmm. kind of being more open to new situations and, yeah, new people and new experiences and things like that as well. Um, it's yeah. Like, it's like when you're away, though, like 
going out and eating on your own is not that's fine it's kind of you have to but it's also the experience to enjoy well yeah but it's also a really big hurdle to get over when I first started doing it I still felt really weird Mm. and like it depends where it is like you when you kind of go out and I don't know whether again it's just like as a woman or something but you Mm. you start to kind of notice where it would be a good place to go and eat by yourself and if it's somewhere that's like absolutely rammed full of people with like groups of friends or stuff or or like or it's just really noisy or something then maybe that's not somewhere you want to go but somewhere maybe just a bit more chill where it's not weird to like either be there scroll on your phone talking Mm. to people at home or like take a book or a magazine or something like that um, so it's still, it definitely still feels like something that you have to kind of pluck up mm-hmm. a bit of courage to go and take yourself out for a meal on your own. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one because yeah. it should be normal. Should everyone be normal. has to eat, but um, sitting yeah. there kind of, yeah, at a table on your own and like everyone else is around you, like having cocktails with friends and mm. stuff. Yeah. It just takes a bit of getting used to, but once you do, it's good. But it is, yeah, it's definitely kind of an extra jump on from everyday life, I guess. Mm. Yeah be interesting to know your opinion on this next question because um, at the moment a lot of companies are sort of penalising solo travellers travellers not, not on purpose but like you know uh, I suppose they don't feel like they make as much money from them obviously you know um, hotels for example have an infrastructure that's harder to adapt to this growing trend you know um, yeah you have like singles charges mm-hmm. on yeah, on group yeah, yeah group trips and stuff yeah um, but what ways do you from experience we think hotels can make the most of this trend whilst also removing increased costs placed on the solo traveller? I mean, there are quite a few different trends in hotels becoming more and more like Airbnbs and places like that. So, mm-hmm. And I've stayed in Airbnbs on my own before. And again, that comes with its own risks of, am I going to stay with a murderer or anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. I have stayed in a really dodgy Airbnb, oh but not on my own. But like um so i was in copenhagen earlier this week and the hotel that i stay in there um rather it has like um it has hotel rooms but they have like little kitchenettes as well so they Mm -hmm. kind of set up um even for people who are working there to stay there for like a few weeks or something and it's like an airbnb in the sense that um you know you've basically got just like a little tiny studio flat there Mm -hmm. so one of the the things that i like about it there well copenhagen is an expensive city and going out to eat there does add up Mm -hmm. so being able to cook and just kind of stay in this in this little room when you need to and having kind of all the amenities that you need there that kind of makes it feel partly more like a home but partly gives you everything that you need to be kind of quite self-contained mm. i think that might be something and it sounds like that's mm. like a bit of like a i don't know it sounds like it's almost like a hybrid between like an Airbnb or a hostel or an experience yeah like and you so do find more hotels that are doing just like literally either like beds only or something like that or you know mm. those like cube hotels or micro hotels mm. and stuff like that where mm. for people who maybe get put off by the word hostel yes. or don't want to stay in an airbnb or they can't yeah. find anything just literally having yeah. a bed or somewhere to put your stuff and keep stuff safe is, is just what people want sometimes mm. so <laughs> yeah i think there are different trends but it's it's certainly more in these yeah. kind of western cities and cities and places that are already having a lot of people coming to them rather than you know it's going to take a while to kind of Mm. trickle down around the world i guess yeah i suppose like that sounds like you know that's that's a good move for someone that's wanting to somebody (laughs) a company wanting to to get into this market or tap into it because that's almost you're talking about an infrastructure built around it in a way Mm. whereas i'm sort of i suppose i'm interested in what they can do um hotels and travel companies that are already like fixed to an infrastructure that's catering for 
an audience of 10, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Actually, this is like a big market. Do they want to get into that? How can they, I suppose? Well, I think they can be creative. Um, yeah. You know, you're seeing existing um, operators starting to waive the single supplement um, at, yeah. either at certain kind of periods or kind of fully just say, actually, okay, well, we're, we're scrapping mm-hmm. that single supplement. But I think if you were a, I don't know, say a hotel brand in the New Forest, you have a shoulder period. Now, you all, in terms of slower down periods oh, okay. where, you know, you're, it's so going to be less popular, you're going to have yeah. capacity in the hotel, yeah, sure, you need, sure. you've got rooms to fill. Well, in that, then you've also got an audience of solo travellers who can be more flexible with itineraries and flexible with timings. So why not waive your single supplement during shoulder periods mm. and then mm. ensure that you at least have a full room rather than an empty room? Equally, you could also do things where you start to claw back the revenue by mm-hmm. upselling experiences. Yeah, so yeah, say yeah. you have, yeah. you know, you're buying a hotel room and then you're buying a photography experience, for example. Mm-hmm. Actually, you start to to make up some of that revenue that you otherwise mm-hmm. could, you know, lose out through the single supplement. But so. it's like what we were saying before in the last podcast, um, check it out if you haven't checked it out, people. But <laughs> we talked about um, slow travel, the mm. slow movement and slow living, like the slow living. Um, this that solo travel is quite it's quite intrinsically linked in terms of how, what people want from it as well, right? So it's um, uh, like you say, you know, building on the experience, you know, making it more personalised or like joining it up with something else, something else, something else, um, and you know, not just like filling a room. It could be more about you know, actually, if we create more of a thing or a theme around this, maybe we can attract you know more of the market and get get more of a market exposure as a, a service provider. Also travel. Mm, exactly. Is that kind of where you're going? Yeah, I think so. I think it's both from a positioning point of view, a marketing point of view, but also from a revenue point of view. Yeah. If you're freaking out about the loss of the single supplement, then mm. consider alternative ways yeah. of clawing back that revenue. Yeah. And something else that we've spoken about a bit before, Tim, mm. as well, is kind of personalization mm-hmm. in hospitality. And I think yeah. that fits in really well with what you're saying, Harry, about creativity and how yeah how people or hotels can kind of retrofit their existing services with something to attract these people by getting that kind of yeah the kind of the preference details and the things mm-hmm. like that before people can stay helping to tailor the stay and just make it a little bit easier and also just making it easier for people to be able to share about it mm-hmm. as well and spread the word like that because mm-hmm. there are like you're saying about the use of the hashtag a lot of people are talking about it there are some really big like facebook groups um, all these kinds of things. If people do find someone that's really well set up for solo travellers, they're going to share yeah. it, and they're going to, you know, yeah. even if it's bragging about being there or whatever. But it will, yeah. yeah. I think that's a really good incentive to. Well, I think it's like personalisation is going to like be relevant to any kind of traveller. So I just want to get uh, another question here, which is relevant to the last one. But um, some companies might want to cater more to the solo traveller while retaining their current customer base. And then at the age range is a broad spectrum, I would say it's a good idea for these companies to think about what age range and interest-led types of solo traveller will fit with their current customer base. Would you agree? And what kinds of research and groundwork can these companies do, do you think? I think... It's two questions, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> I think, uh, for one, we shouldn't necessarily see or treat solo travellers as being any different from any other kind of traveller, mm. it just so happens that they're not travelling mm. with a partner. That doesn't mean to say that yeah. we should necessarily be kind of treating them any differently. You know, the fact is, is that there'll be a reason why they might want to visit that hotel or that city or that mm. area or explore these experiences 
mm-hmm. the same reasons that someone yeah I suppose yeah I, I suppose it's interesting because like if you're starting to learn about solo travel it could be easy to fall down the trap of like uh, you know uh, sabbaticals and like you know people wanting to live more nomadically and backpackers and stuff like that and get the idea of that in your head and try and like fit that alongside something a bit more traditional whereas I suppose what you're saying is actually no you know let's not look at solo travellers stereotypically or in a box no. actually solo travel is not really about that it can't be defined it's just that people are wanting to travel solo so they'll come to an experience like that because some people like that and i think you know you can see some really interesting developments with um some of the luxury providers in that space mm. so if you look at say abercrombie and kent they specialize in in you know really kind of high-end escorted um holiday kind of experiences nice. And they have seen a huge uplift in the number of people, um, number of solo travellers kind of opting for those holidays. And they have tailored the solution slightly. So, you know, they were noticing things like solo travellers kind of wanted really kind of interesting, like, you know, once in a lifetime kind of experiences. And they weren't having to compromise on a partner to be able to to have that kind of experience. But mm-hmm. they it equally needed to be balanced out with me time. So <laughs> you see, um, you know, these amazing um, safaris, but then with a lot of kind of downtime in the middle so that you can kind of just actually just recharge and disconnect and you know, get refreshed, basically. Mm-hmm. And so you've got that kind of balance of the two. So I think yeah, absolutely. You, we shouldn't be seeing travellers in specific boxes, and we shouldn't mm. be thinking about kind of the backtrack, backpacking stereotype, um, especially given the kind of explosion of solo travel in the luxury sector. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I'd agree. I think people are still going for the experiences, um, and I think it is just more and more there's this kind of realization or this kind of movement of you know you don't need to sit around and wait for someone else to be able to do that. Um, there is just kind of so much of that whole kind of empowerment narrative around in yeah. the world generally yeah. from horrible inspirational quotes and memes and everything. Mm-hmm. But it has it has happened that people are kind of thinking, oh, well, I can just go and do this on my own. And yeah, people are just still searching out an experience generally, whether or not they are going travel, you know, going traveling mm-hmm. solo or not, whether mm-hmm. they are with someone or or dragging someone to go and look at things with them. So, yeah, you know, focusing on on what it actually is, still, you know, thinking about your products and your experience and what it is that you're offering Mm. people. And then if there are any ways that you can, you know, if the service needs tweaking to be more um, compatible for solo travellers or something like that, um, yeah, kind of added in rather than being the main thing. Sounds like the most logical and safe way to, like, you know, approach it, um, you know, from a business point of view, opportunity point of view. It's like, actually, probably nothing wrong with your service or offering if it's attracting people now. Mm -hmm. It's just... How can that be scaled for solo? Mm. Or how can you price it better? Mm. Price it better, yes. It was amazing to to look at some of the providers and some of the options out there Mm. and kind of to be able to find holidays to meet such, uh, like, specific interests. Um, What examples did you find? Well, I mean, a good example would be... um, I used to swim a lot. Okay, for instance, cool. when I was younger, and um, and like my husband's a wonderful guy, but he cannot abide swimming, cannot oh, abide it. Okay. And it was just really interesting seeing like some of the options in terms of like swimming adventures in Slovenia. You know, you could go and <laughs> just, go around Lake Bled and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just go and, you know, do some wild swimming, and then like 
camp at the end and all this kind of stuff. Like, oh my God. That Sounds perfect. <laughs> so perfect. Um, but so awful if I was to drag him along to that and even worse if I was to try and like drag my kids along to that. I'd just be mm. kicking and screaming and sadness and woe and probably drowning and maybe death. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully not. It's so much easier to, to try it than people think. So um, mm. I took a day and because we we're lucky to live near to Southampton Airport and we can get to places easily here, mm. I went to Amsterdam mm. for the day. Um, so yeah I was in on work on the Tuesday and then I went to Amsterdam on the Wednesday and then I was back in work on the Thursday and people were like what you just you just went to Amsterdam yesterday well well, yeah I probably said that it's like it's like an hour's flight it's easy at either end and you can just go and do what you want to do for a day and it's no Mm -hmm. different to just kind of going to London for a day or something like that so I think people will quite often feel like oh it's such a big thing to do like you have to go and be with your own thoughts and your own head for a whole week. It's like, well, yeah. no, you don't. Just go and have a day and just do Actually, what you want yeah. to do. I mean, if no, you can. You really enjoy like going out for a couple of hours to do that thing that you like to do on your own. Literally, right? literally, it's and it's it's, it's yeah, I know. Trip. Like, I honestly treat, and this sounds so sad, so sad. Go on. <laughs> going to Sainsbury's at ten o'clock at night, uh, right? No, I'm, I'm <laughs> it's just it's like the equivalent of going to the spa. I, I, that shopping experience is just magical, mm. and that time is so magical. And actually, yeah, you're right. You know, the, I I could go to somewhere for the day, and it wouldn't cause a problem. You know, and yeah. actually, yeah. I think no, I think we are waking up to as a it's kind of culturally the importance of like self-care and wellness and time and me time and the value of that and yeah a day mm-hmm. never thought about that oh my Do gosh it. Do it, Harry. My entire go and have a look at where you can fly to from yeah. southampton airport because everything's so near and it's yeah it's so easy and quite often mm-hmm. cheaper a lot cheaper than you think as well Depending if you go in the middle of the week, it cost me about 20 quid to fly back from Copenhagen the other day. I'm trying to go to London at peak time. Yeah. It just bankrupts me. I'd easily spend that 20 quid on more stuff in Sainsbury's. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> quit my late night Sainsbury's trip and go somewhere meaningful for a day. It sounds like we're quite easy to please as parents. It's like, all you want is some time on your own. So yeah, but that's, but that's important, well, like actually. That, yeah. yeah, you um, need it. That's... Yeah. It is important for your mental health. It is. And I, do, I, like, I know what you mean. I love my children, by the way. Really love them. They're wonderful. <laughs> 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 love my husband, love them all. Yeah, yeah. But it is nice just to sometimes have a yeah. bit of space. My thing is walking the dog at like 11, 12 at night. Mm. And uh, like actually go for an hour, two hours or something like that. You know, Just totally like get everything out of your head. Anyway. <laughs> I'd like to be there now. <laughs> Um, I got a few facts um, like compiled here, which I think are, they're, they're relevant. Um, a lot of it's come from um, some it's come from Abta and just you again. Um, but only five percent of people are looking for a chance to meet new people. Something we touched on earlier, isn't it? As well about meeting new people is a reason. But I think that's actually a fifth. It's about twenty-five. Oh, sorry, 24, I, 25 percent. No, I've, I've read it wrong. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm being now. a stickler. No, it is, you're right. I, I didn't mean to say 5%. Only a fifth. A fifth of what? I don't even know. A fifth of um, solo travellers. Yeah, I was okay, right. Okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no I think right. we read the same report yeah. and I was like, no, oh, sorry. Yeah, but, uh, yeah I, so, I would corroborate that. Like, when uh, I go, I'm not necessarily looking to meet new people. I'm sure. looking to go and meet the stack of books that I've been yeah. saving to have yeah. a break. I think these, these sorts of um, facts are quite good at breaking down, like, the outward perception of it. Or, I don't know, it's not necessarily like, but just the image of it. Mm. For those that don't know enough about it, actually, actually, you know, it's not about Tinder holidays and... Silly things like that, and young kids backpacking, although they make up a percentage. City breaks are still the most popular type of solo holiday, which is interesting. Um, uh, one in nine of us are solo travellers. <laughs> the, the most likely age bracket to solo travel are those aged 75 plus, which is really interesting, but I'm not sure that's just it's not to be taken too literally because it's like the largest increase is from 35 to 44 year olds. And some um, data is aggregated in such a way that it's like 19 to 90-year-olds and then cut it down the middle to make an average mm. of like, you know, 50s. I mean, the oldies have loved easy. a coach trip for a long time. <laughs> yeah. That's got to be said. I know my grandma used to love oh, going yeah. up and going and looking at snow it's in scary. Switzerland and stuff <laughs> like that. Nice. Although, there we go. We can't. We can't assume that today 75-year-olds are going to respond in the same way. Mm. And yeah, I think, that, right. and I know we've kind of already talked about kind of marketing as a, a as an age bracket being, we need to be careful of, but I think especially when you're thinking about a 75-year-old, remember that they grew up in the era of David Bowie and the civil rights movement, and we we can't put... Mm put them in that coach category or you know yeah a, a drinking cup of tea with a rich tea biscuit it that is just not <laughs> yeah that is not <laughs> how we should be marketing to a baby boomer generation we no, need to sorry. really rethink our approaches Absolutely. in that mm. respect yeah continual improvement and change it's necessary the children of today are the adults of tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> that's so inspirational <laughs> on that note um i don't say Bye. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Until next time. Yeah. Until next time, hopefully. <laughs> Amy's about to go on her own solo adventure for a long period of time, aren't you, Amy? I am. Moving to Copenhagen. I'm moving to Copenhagen. Yeah. You'll Scary. Be very, very missed. Thanks. And I'll be, yeah, broke from expensive rent and expensive meals and expensive everything. But enjoying life. Enjoying life. Thank you. Goodbye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.